Listener Production. Welcome back to episode 66 of the Howie Games Part B, featuring Lynn Sanity, Chris Lynn. If you're jumping in now at Part B and you haven't listened to A, stop, go back and listen to Part A. Alrighty, on with the show with Chris. Mate, you had a tremendously successful IPL this year for KKR. I was having a look at it. I think you were the 12th leading run scorer. You were striking at 130 plus. That is Chris Lynn. Overcover for six. Got a hold of that. Yes, bank maximum for Chris Lynn early on. Brilliant. I talked to Finchie when he came on this show about the IPL auction that changed his life financially, which is a part of the modern game. You say, as you are freelance, and mm-hmm. I hate to say it, that your shoulder could pop out tomorrow and you may never play again, and I know you're very aware yeah. of that. Tell me about this year's IPL auction, because I can't remember if it was a Brisbane Heat game and whether I was speaking to you out on the ground when it was going to happen that night or it was the day before or the day after, but I just remember it was... I remember talking to you about it, and you're like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's, um, mate, it's, it's something, it's a question I get asked very fre- frequently. And, you know, it's, you can say you, you, you don't play for the money here and that, and, and you, 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 you can't say that in the real world because it's politically incorrect or um, it's frowned upon. But really, realistically, it's, it's, your it's, it's, it's my that. job. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I, it's I think a job I love. I think that's gone now with. With modern cricket, anyway. So yeah. So I was, and and everyone was counting down the days to the to the IPL auction. The guys who had a had a fair chance of, of getting a decent wedge. And what was uh, your previous contract, maximum contract to this? Um, so about two hundred and seventy thousand. Okay. And I was locked in with that for four years with Kolkata, and I had a couple of really good big bash seasons um, during those. But I wasn't allowed to move, go up or down down price so this right. auction was the first time in four years that I could have a decent crack and, and teams could you know put the put the bidding stick up and um, having some scored some quality runs under my belt and, mm. and dominating in the CPO on spinning conditions um, you know the coaches aren't silly um, when they come to picking and, and bidding for players and I knew I was half a chance to get to get a good whack of whack of money but so I didn't realize I'd go that high well we'll get to what that high is in a minute but so do you sit there like it's an online situation like <laughs> i was actually playing a um it was the last round game for the big bash this year against the melbourne renegades and i was at home had it on live stream and um yeah that uh, you, you never know when you're going to come out and i had to had to eventually get on get in the car to go to the game and I had to do an interview as i was walking in through the car park with uh, i think it was roger aldridge yep. And um, actually had the live stream in my pocket, and I heard Baz McCullum come out. I'm thinking, shit, I'm pretty close to Baz, like in the when I'm coming out. Yep. And so I was listening to Baz go up, and then as I was padding up to to go to the cha- um, to the nets for the warm up, yep. my name come out. Um, it wasn't my phone, by the way. We got a hand yeah, in. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it, um, and then yeah, it was about 15 minutes later. Um, so did you watch it? Yeah. Yeah, I was watching it, and I was nervous. Like my heart what's was that like, like, "Well, it's it's life changing, isn't it?" Of course, and, it is. It's like and, winning the lottery. Yeah, and and then the, the horror went up. I felt more pressure that I had to score more runs that game for the Brisbane Heat. <laughs> and I was trying to bat in the nets in the warm up, and I couldn't because I was shaking. Like I was, I couldn't come to terms with what just happened um, because it's n- nothing. It's never happened before, and I was, I was like. Even just talking about it now, because again, I've never really relived that moment um, as deep 
as what we are now and it's um yeah it's it's a weird feeling as i said i couldn't concentrate in the nets i was i hit them like shit and i was thinking i've got to prepare for a game and this is a game we've got to win to get into the semi-finals mm. so i've got to try and put this out of my mind but it's it was near impossible um, I think we're lucky we um, fielded first to, to, to let those nerves settle and I knew you guys would have been talking about it up in the comm box and um, wondering what all the you know the media are saying yeah. it's up on the TV with all the prices and who's who's on your team I think Starkey went for something similar in the same team and that was a talk rather than to focus on the game and being a leader of the team I was trying hard to put that in the back of my mind and, yeah, I bet. and lead the young fellas around But what was the figure? 1.8 1.8 million. Yeah. Is that Australian dollars? Well, yeah, 1.86 Australian. Yeah, 1.86 million. And you're you're a and the way you are as a person, the small bit I've got to know you, you're opposite to how you'll be perceived through the way you bat. You're a very mm. quietly spoken, um, very modest yeah. person. I'm sure that'll come across in this chat. But it, it must be weird seeing the headline and then what's involved knowing you're going to a team and they're paying you nearly two million bucks. Like that, the. the you have enough pressure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I would imagine if my next job they're going to pay me two million bucks, Lindy, I'm, I'm open to that situation. <laughs> <laughs> like, you get there and do you think I need to do something different? Well, it was funny because I was having a great preparation um, and then I happened to dive in a tri-series yep. in, at Eden Park in this um, Australia versus New Zealand Playing for Australia. Final. And I was actually compensating the shoulder I just had a recon on, and I was coming good, and then I popped my right one out. It was a dire scene in Auckland as Chris Lynn left the field in the arms of Australia's medical staff. Things you've been warned about, you just see a white ball, and you try and save one run that could come in priceless later. Having struggled with recurring shoulder issues over the past 12 months, Lynn dived for a ball in the inner circle before aggravating the injury. That might hurt. That just might hurt a bit. He's had terrible shoulder problems, AB. Terrible shoulder problems. He has, and he's been told not to dive, which is hard to do. And then straight away, he knows he's done something to that shoulder. I'd be lying if I said it, if it wasn't the first thing that thought my mind was the IPL. Of course it would be. Um, I've gone, oh, shit. You know, there's there's that amazing opportunity, um, yeah, to play over there, but financially is gone. And will will teams keep accepting me for the amount of injuries I've had? Has has that ship sailed? Mm. Um, so all these emo- you know, emotions are running through my mind, um, not exactly in a positive way. So I had a six week period to get right for the IPL, but I knew that six weeks I couldn't just turn up 50%. I had to turn up to win to contribute, to, to get man of the matches. And the first few games were a little bit slow. Um, but, yeah, found my feet and, and got back to business as usual. But I suppose it was just that uh, apprehension that I had. Oh, it, w- w- if I swing the bat too hard, is it going to pop out? Is, um, you know, is something bad going to happen? And then with not being able to run for six weeks, um, you know, your, hamstr- your hamstrings get a bit weaker and, and then you've got to try and sort of... I'm always hiding myself in the field, but can I, can I chase that ball as hard as I can? Can I die for the next ball? Um, because I'm so competitive, um, I want to get to that ball. I want to save that one run. Yeah. Because in a game of 2020, you save five runs and then you steal five runs with a the bat. There's 10 runs and how many games are won or lost within that 10-run 10, 10 margin? Mm. So for me, that competitiveness actually didn't do me the world of good it, it caused it caused the um injury but 
So the, the pressure y- there was, mate, I, I couldn't sleep at night. Because of? Because of that. And um, I've, got, I've got tinnitus in my ears, so it's like that ringing 24... It's like you come home from a nightclub and that ringing and... Um, that's that just, from? Um, I don't know, from loud noises. I got a hearing test the other day and one's different to the other. And right. That ringing noise when you come home from a nightclub is there 24 hours a day and it's been there uh, pretty much since I popped my shoulder out in New Zealand. And, and when I get anxious, um, like trying to perform under pressure or, or whatnot, it, it, the ringing sensation is, is next level. And that's what I had leading up to the IPL, knowing I had this weight on my shoulders to perform for the three billion people supporting Kolkata. The, 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 as you say, the, the amount of people. So talking to Finchie about this, they'd call him, he said, uh, Mr. Flinch in India. Yeah, they call him yeah. Mr. Flinch. What do they roll with you as? Linser. 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 One snap, sir. <laughs> one snap? Yeah. What's one snap? One snap, one photo. Wow, one yeah, snap. Yeah. One, snap. So, there, so, c- one photo, there's, there's 50 photos and there's 100 kids. And so can, can you leave your hotel and walk down the street? Not anymore. I used to be able to, but obviously Linser, with, the, with the with the bald noggin, you get recognised yeah. a bit more easier. Um, I do try and probably claim to be Herschel Gibbs at times, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's you know that's part and parcel of the IPL. Leaving you know once you leave your hotel door to go down to the buffet, there'll be fifty kids there wanting your photo and. After a, after a late game, getting up, you just want to have breakfast with either by yourself or with your teammates. But and you get you find yourself getting shitty with those kids uh, because you just want your, your peace and quiet. But you also got to understand that's where you know you're getting paid these money yep. um, to do that, and, yep. and they're they're a big part of that. And without those fans, um, there's no game of cricket. And you know they don't use manners and please and thank you, but they weren't brought up with manners so you can't get angry at those kids for being rude um you've just got to roll with it and embrace it and i find the more you the more you get in a battle with with hating life over there the longer it goes the hours go for 30 hours a day so the best thing i found is just embrace the culture embrace um i suppose how slow everything takes how long everything takes over there and 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 just do it with a smile on your face because you look back and see how grateful we are in Australia yep. to to you know have the opportunities to, to go out go down the supermarket you know fresh water those little things um, go you know we take that for granted and I mm. see kids over there that might only have one set of clothes for the year and those little things you know hit home uh, quite strongly when you get back in Australia so you can get as angry as you like and they're in your face and annoying but that's all part of it and as I said you've got to embrace it because it's it's um yeah it's, it's a roller coaster and, and if you decide to get off the off the roller coaster you're gonna you're gonna you know fall yep fall well, quite hard what I um who again I think I did a podcast with him in um in Jamaica um, and I noticed some of the videos he sent out at the start of the IPL this year of their first training session and the bus was trying to get through the crowd and uh, Ricky Ponting's always said to me mate you've got to go to an IPL because it's like every game is an AFL grand final yeah. it just is it just out of control blows your mind like it? It, it's like there's a red carpet there for you but then there's eggshells on the red carpet as well so you've got to you got to watch what you do in every aspect over there whether you're brushing your teeth whether uh you know you, you're out having a having a beer at the bar because there's, there's always cameras um the video phone 
the video phone. Um, you know, there's a lot of corruption over there, so you've got to be careful in that sense that you don't get caught up in any of that nonsense. Um, it's it's just, as you said, you've got to be there to experience it. And I've, I've said to people, you've got to go to India just for a week or two during the IPL to understand um, what we go through as players. Um, and it's not all the bells and whistles that you see on TV. It's um, yeah, it's challenging, but it's it's as I said, it's an eye opener, and it's they, they have so much fun in the crowd. And I, they're loud, and I don't know how they do it when they're all sober as well. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's different to being at the when, get, but and it's forty degrees as yeah. well. They they get out there and they don't care. They just they just love it. And for for a country to come out in the numbers that they do is is phenomenal. And and that's why India are going to be the powerhouse of cricket over. Oh mate, they're going to. They're going to be so hard to beat. Yeah. They are, they're hard to beat now um, on their home territory, home and away in the next five years or and, and forever. They're going to be unstoppable. How do you... Uh, um, because when you... And I've seen the players at various tournaments reluctant to leave the hotel because they want a bit of peace and quiet. So you, you, you're locked into the hotel lifestyle. You've just been paid two million bucks and you've gone out and got out first ball. You get home that night. How do you deal with that? It's hard. It's hard to deal with. Um, I feel like I owe something to the team, um, which is why I don't like laying in bed uh, because it's it's not exactly an apartment. It's a small hotel room. It might have one chair and, and your, your TV and your bed, so you're basically laying in bed. And you, we all know if you lay in bed all day, you actually get sore. Like You get a sore back, so I love getting the out. The West Indians managed to pull it off. Yeah, they're night out. They so can sleep. They, they, uh, they're up and about <laughs> over night time. Sunday on Arena, Andre Russell, they won't go to bed till five in the morning every night. Right. Um, and then they'll sleep all day, and that's their routine. They stay on the Caribbean time. Yeah. But yeah, going back to the, mm. the performance side of things, it's, yeah, I feel like I owe something to the team and tell you what, you don't want to check social media after getting the duck. It's um, brutal. Yeah, very brutal. Um, and they push the limit, they push the boundaries, and they, they, they test your strength of character, that's for sure. And I guess. Someone like Len Maxwell, for example, sometimes struggles to bite his tongue, um, whereas I just don't even look at it, whether I've had a good or bad day. I just try and be consistent with everything. And I guess when I cross that, when I walk out to the middle, I don't show much emotion because I like to be consistent in my, whether I've had a good or bad day, I'll be consistent um, in my emotion. And, um, you know, the public don't know that. Um, But yeah, it's... You, you, you go out there, you get a dark, you, you're sitting in your hotel bed, and it's all well and good to say you're still getting paid two million bucks, but to me, it's got to be a two-way street. I don't like um, take, take, take. Yep. To me, I've got to give back, and if I'm not scoring runs, how can I help the team? How can I help the, the kids face a short ball? Um, how can how can I help around the group and keep them in good spirits? Um, because as I said, it's got to be a two-way street in my books, and whether that's on-field, off-field, I always believe... Um, you know what goes around comes around the money I can't imagine what it's like when it goes in your account have you bought anything fancy with the money <laughs> I think we both know the answer to this question yeah um, yeah I bought a fancy car what fancy type fancy car uh, Lamborghini Hurricane where do you buy a Lamborghini Hurricane from you just don't go to the local used car salesman <laughs> there's a there is a Lamborghini store in Brisbane believe it or not in, in the Sunshine State <laughs> so do you research or do you just walk in the door well, with that plenty of downtime in India, that's where I was looking at it. Right. Um, and I did it just because, you know, I feel like 
I've I've got a lot of things in place that I'm that I'm happy about in terms of like uh, mortgage and whatnot, and feel like um, I, I got it just because I it's my character. I love cars. I've always loved cars. Mm. Um, it's always been my dream car, and I felt it was a perfect opportunity uh, to to tick off that dream. And my personality personality is zero or hundred. <laughs> And, and you probably see that when in my batting yep. style, um, in, in anything in life, it's it's go hard or go home, and, and it fits my character. And um, I don't necessarily like the sh- the you know the show pony side of things, but mm. I just enjoy going fast. What, um, what's a, what's a Lamborghini like that like to drive? Awesome. Is like it? I've if I'm feeling a bit down, I'll jump in it, and I'll I get excited, I get happy again, and gets picks me up. And at times, I think it's. Um, a sense of reward. Yep. Um, I get that. And I and I mean that in the most humble way possible mm. because you, you know you do work your ass off to to tick off your dreams. Not everyone has the same dreams and, and goals, but um, yeah, it's something that I thoroughly enjoy. As I said, I love cars. So, um, it's, what colour is it? It's a it's a dark silver. Right. Um, yeah, got the wheels painted black. I love it. Like I'm really into the, the finer details of it. And does it have a personalised number plate? It does. Are you prepared to tell me what that personalised number plate is? <laughs> that is up to you, Christopher. Yeah, I'm happy to say it. It's it's Bechere. Right. B u c h e u r. B u c h e u r. Which means? Which means uh, it's French for slogger. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a bit of fun there. That is outstanding, um, Christopher. Cricket, yeah, a bit of cricket related. Um, yeah, just a bit of fun. Like I've never taken anything too seriously. No. And always just have a have a laugh and <laughs> yeah, get a similar response to, to to what you just did then. So um, yeah, I mean, people. I'm going to have critics out there saying, "Oh, cricketers yeah, get paid too much here and there or whatnot." But it's something that I, as I said, I thoroughly have loved growing up, and um, I don't regret it by any means because it, it puts a smile on my face and it's a, it's an investment in in memories. Back to Chris in a moment. Last episode featured absolute superstar, a lady that has played for the Matildas, scored a goal in the World Cup and dominated the Cricket World Cup. Her name is Elise Perry and not only can she do all those things well, she's unbelievable at parking buses. If one of your cricket teams is in a bus, minibus, and parking is tight, (laughs) someone told me this, they go... To E. Perry. This, Howie, is the one thing I'm not modest about. Right. I, <laughs> Finally. I love parking cars. <laughs> love it. Right. Like, and the crappier car, the better. And also manual. If it's manual and you've got a reverse park with no cameras, no bips, nothing, like, I'm your girl. You can check out the entire back catalogue, including that episode with Elise Perry right now. Check it out. Okay, back to Chris Lynn. Linny, you said something to me at the CPL a couple of years ago and we didn't get to explore at the time. Um, you just been picked for an Australia A squad, I reckon, here in the Caribbean and you explained to me the flight you had to go back to you to get home and I was like, oh, mate, congratulations, it's an opportunity. Um, and, you know, it could lead to playing test cricket for Australia and mm-hmm. stuff. And I'll be honest with you, mate, you didn't seem that enthused about it. And 
you said something to me, and I, I spoke to Aaron about this, and it's a very personal thing, so it, you can answer as you please, but I don't remember the exact gist of what you said, but you said to me after Philip Hughes passed away, yeah. things had changed a little bit in your mind? Yeah, absolutely. I think through that period, um, having been so close to, to Phil, there's so much more to life than... You know, as a kid, you've, you've always wanted that dream of having the baggy green. But having a, a loss of a close mate, it, it made me realise what, what's life about, what's, what's important in life. And for me, playing for Australia is not the be-all, end-all. I'd, I'd be over the moon if I was just playing for the Brisbane Heat because that's something that I love doing. And, it, you know, I get to spend time, you know, quality time with my, with my mates, with my family, with my two dogs that I love. And... It, um, yeah, I, I, I put things in, into perspective that just because I play for Australia, does that make me a better bloke? Do I get judged better as a person? Um, all those things. I just, I don't necessarily agree with, um, you know, I, if I want to play for Australia, it's great to have one, play one test, but does it make me a better bloke, as I said? Um, or do I want to do what I makes me happy and and at that point in time it was playing 2020 cricket in the Caribbean having less pressure of the sports science mm. um, as we know which is which is heavily involved in in any sport these days um, and for me it was just about going out and having fun because having seen one of my best mates you know lose his life on the cricket field why should I then you know have to just play for show because that's the that's a thing. That's the that's the talk. That's what yeah everyone wants to achieve. But everyone's different, and I found that I lost my not my passion because I still love playing the game. But you know, just because does does it make me a better bloke? No, um, I just want to do what I want to do because what's the what's life about? Like not just cricket. Um, and Buff's always said that in his coaching career. Like if you get a duck, you mate get on with it. There's 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 always been worse things in life happening. You know, people are dying every day of other 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 shit. There's way more bigger things to worry about. And just because if Chris Lynn doesn't play Test cricket, it's oh you've had a shit career. Like it's to me that's you know so minimum of, mm. of, of what life is about. Where, if you don't mind me asking, where were you when you found out, Lenny? You would have probably been. Were you playing cricket at the time? Yeah, there was. Uh, I was. I was injured. Believe it or not, um, there was a Sheffield Shield game on in um, Queensland. Queensland versus Tasmania and got called off after day two, I think it was. And you know, obviously there was he was he was in lingo for a couple of days there, and it um, basically the the world just was on pause for a few days, and the, the the impact that it had on you know a couple of boys in the team was just uh, it's you can't explain that feeling of of having one of your one of your best mates, you know get hit like that and, and my thoughts were going out to Shawnee Abbott because he's obviously just as tight with Phil and um, it was shit mate I absolutely hated it um, it wasn't real it took um, you know if, at that at that point in time I actually went through a breakup with a missus and my parents were fighting and all that so I actually wanted to get as far away from cricket as possible and um, actually took a bit of time off not long after to get away from cricket and really do what I wanted to do to make me smile again. And, yeah, every every year um, 
when the anniversary comes up it's a it's a shit period and you and you cry you let out the tears and it's it's something that will never go away um but and that it's something that motivates me to to go out and do what what i want to do rather than being told how to play mm-hmm. um i want to play my way um because as i said life's too short to um, obviously be respectful with the rules and the policies or whatnot and and don't take advantage but play the way you want to play and have fun and that's one thing that's definitely changed my life in, in every aspect of, of what I do. Shane Watson talked about it with me um, as a father which you're not at this point and if that's what you're after in don't life, think I, I am anyway. away, well <laughs> you have travelled around the place a bit <laughs> then he, um, he talked about the fact that for the first time he realised his own mortality that he'd never considered that you could go out in a cricket field and end up being killed mm. and he said that had a massive impact on him did that come into your mind um yeah a little bit um but what annoyed me the most is i suppose how it was handled at times as well like you know i don't know what it's called but when um they go to the court hearings and doug bollinger's got to go in and and the and the the sledging and the banner of oh we're going to take his head off today yep. and it's all we as creators know that's you don't mean that deep down and to me when they're going to court and the headlines are coming out that he purposely tried to kill Phil is is a load of shit yeah like, I, that doesn't sit well with me and um, I don't think it's sat well with anyone that's ever played any form of cricket ever like you don't go out on the field wanting to kill someone and the bottom line is that they're good mates and the way that part of it. It was, yeah, as I said, doesn't sit well with me. And it's um, it's something that I think about every day in the nets. Um, you know, in a game, it's less likely to happen, but how many net sessions are out there mm. where balls are flying around? Especially um, when you're batting. And I'm not just talking about domestic level, international level. I'm talking club level, mm. where it's ricocheting off middle poles, blokes are walking back um, to their mark. Um, with their backs turned, there's it's going to take there's there's going to be another serious injury around the corner um, before something happens where it yeah hopefully it doesn't mm. but it's um I know what you're saying it's a you now we talk about workplace health and safety that there's no side screens in the nets and when there's blokes you know how many balls are bowled in the nets compared to a middle and you think about workplace health and safety if there's a if there's a step that's um, you know a little bit mm wobbly it gets fixed before you know it but hang on a second there's a bloke at the other end bowling 145 kilometers an hour trying to bowl a bouncer in that vicinity of your shoulders to your head let's get the best possible situation for him let's get side screens up let's get the protective gear right let's you know make sure there's full length wickets and nice you know decent wickets for us to train on um but i feel that that goes under the radar compared to that wobbly step that the, yeah, that the office lady or receptionist tripped over um, so for me, I'd like to see that side of thing definitely improve. This is a, 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 a trippy, tricky topic, the next one, Linny, because no matter the way you answer it, people will say about modern cricketers, are oh, they're mercenaries, which I couldn't be further disagreeing with because I think people listen to this, they understand the situation you're in and it, it's a new world. Mm. When I saw you playing... For Australia in New Zealand when you said you hurt your shoulder. I remember thinking, well, Lenny's body's not the best. He's been picked to play for Australia in the short form of the game. If he gets injured, that's jeopardising 
his future. I, I see that from the outside yeah. looking in. Yeah. How do you deal with the playing for Australia, playing for your livelihood situation? Because you get paid well to play for Australia, don't yeah, get me wrong. Absolutely. And it's And this is not a disrespectful question about yeah. representing your country, but your paycheck is not coming at your current point in your career from playing for Australia. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one because, as you said, you always want to play for Australia, and even if my body's 70% fit and I get picked, there's no way I'm knocking that back. But again, I'm, I'm putting myself at that risk, mm. uh, well, more vulnerable position to get re-injured um, and I think we probably just lacked a bit of communication there between f- support staff um, physios, medics and, and selectors and coaches um, we probably weren't all on the same page and when I dived there was a few comments that why is he out there anyway, he's not fit and that's, well you're the bloke that picked me mm. so you know who's who's shooting who in the foot sort of thing and mm. um, y- you know and Cricket Australia don't always they, they've been really good with me uh, because I have been more of a trailblazer type instead of going that uh, vertical route through the Australian system I've sort of dispersed out horizontally through the 2020 franchises and um, their priority is playing for Australia and I understand that because it's a business at the end of the day but um, what's what's the business for myself that, that, that I can have the best career or, um, or financial or... Security. Yeah, sec- yeah security. Um, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's always two sides of the story. But as I said, they're a business at the end of the day and they've got to do what's right for the Australian cricket team and the Australian setup, um, which, which, we, which we do headbutt um, in the business of, of Chris Lynn and, and Cricket Australia. Mm. Lenny... When I get to a big bash game, there's always excitement when you're playing. It's, you, as a fan, you go and there's people you want to watch. As a commentator, you want to go certain things, like when Finchie's coming out to bat, when you're coming out to bat, when Baz is coming out to bat, when Max is coming out to bat. You, you go up another level in commentary because you, you're going to be excited. There's a couple of my favourite moments when you've been batting and I've been lucky enough to be in the box. One was up at the Gabba when you hit Sean Tate. Tate. Oh, it's There's another when you hit Hilfi at the MCG. <laughs> yeah. That's my favourite big bash yeah. moment for five sixes in a row. What's your favourite T20 moment? My favourite T20 moment? We can go with the easy ones when you win the BBL. Yep. Uh, but I didn't really play a big contribution for that game. I actually bowled that game, believe Did you? it or not. Um, I got Nathan Kudanil out. Who, Career highlight for Nate? Yeah, who actually... Um, Hit, when we had a five-over game that year, hit 32 off and over to win it for him. Right. Um, but, yeah, so getting him out was... And I think the game before, I got Finchie out in the semi-final. <laughs> Hello so to Mr Flinch. I think he was number one <laughs> T20 batter in the world. Right. <laughs> well, I'll rephrase the question. What's your favourite batting memory batting individually? Memory. Yeah, I, that's an I, easy one. I think the one out of the Gabba was pretty special. Off Sean Tate? Yeah, because there's only two blokes that have, that have done that. Um, was it Dan Christian? Did he do that? Yeah, Dan Christian did it the year before. Yep. So to get one back against the same team was pretty special. Yeah. I think um, 
Like five sixes was was really cool. Oh, mate, it was outstanding. Um, okay, so let's go back the to the MCG. That's that's you know it's a cool stadium. Let's go. So the first ball, I don't know what happened. Whether you were on strike or not, I don't know. Yeah, I was. I was on strike and actually kicked up off the wicket. So right. my mindset was, oh, lucky I didn't. I was going to have a crack at him because I, I do like going quite hard at Hilfy. Um, but it come off the wicket and sort of hit up near the stickers on the bat, and I thought, oh shit, I better uh, I better get him before he gets me. So it was a dot. It was a dot. So then you went six, 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 and I think it was myself. We're lucky we have to be up there with Junior and Flemo, and we're just talking over each other. We're just screaming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the biggest Jesus, one. That's got to be one twenty. That is massive <laughs> by Chris Lynn, number twenty-three for Chris Lynn. That man's happy. That is... What about the sound of that off the willow? I reckon that's into the wind too. That is huge. Hilfi cannot believe it. This is extraordinary from Chris Lidd. Oh, he's caught one. Get your helmets on out there, boys. And that crowd and girls. And Ben Hoof and I still be thinking, can I start again? This is remarkable batting. It's it remarkable is. to come to the MCG and see this. It's around the wicket. Oh! Full toss. Sixer. Oh! One again. Patrick of sixes. Six, six, six. Down the ground. Six more. Can't beat you. Slower ball. What's going on? 24 ah. of the last four deliveries. He's at the top of his mark. Are you then playing that next ball on its merits when you hit your four six in a row, or are you just thinking, oh, I'm going to need another six here? Oh, I've got half an idea where he's going to bowl, um, but there was a strong breeze behind me, so I knew I've just got to get the ball up, um, and, and the size of the bats those days were unbelievable. But I just felt it was like, you know those times where you just walk out and just you just know you can hit every ball? I don't that know was... those times. You know. No, I don't. That, it was one of those times. Right. Okay. If you haven't brought your kids to a big bash game, this is why you need to. Four sixes in a row. Oh, this <laughs> and man's... huge sixes oh. too. Here we go. He's gone straight down the ground. Oh, it's a low. It's oh, flat. It is. Six again. I think it is. That's five on the trot. Chris Lynn has hit five sixes in a row at the MCG. Mark Because I think the last six only went just above head height and I just felt, uh, I think I hit 50 off about 19 balls that night and blocked the first sort of six balls. Um, it was, yeah, it's just, you've got to send the ball. Mate. You're out there to entertain and it was freezing cold, that's yeah, right, because I played golf, um, well, played two rounds of golf the two days prior. Dan Vittori's very good like that and it was 40 degrees, 41 degrees. And we had to walk the course both days. So I, I was pretty shitty with that because we got to the game and it was you know, 15 degrees. And I was batting with Lendl Simmons at the time and he's calling for inners. He didn't even own a set of inners in his kit bag. So Jason Flores is bringing out a random set of inners. Uh, and I just, we were already knocked out of the, um, yeah. you know, the semis. We needed to win in, in like 9.3 over. So we had a crack at that. And there wasn't, again, wasn't much emotion involved because the team didn't do well that year. So I thought, why not? We, let's, try and, uh, let's try and entertain. And I think that's probably why I got a, a nice, well, a strong following in Melbourne and because I, I like trying to smack the ball. And, and it's, it's very, I suppose, rewarding and pleasing to, that I've got an audience away from Brisbane. Um, 
and that's and people are coming to watch the Brisbane Heat because of um, guys like myself and Baz, and and it's a great feeling, and I hope that uh, momentum continues. Yeah. It's um, and and I can tell you, mate, because I, I see the ratings every day, um, and when you and Baz are batting, it rates as high as any game. Um, you blokes have got a a, uh, and he's been on this show and. Everyone that's listened to his episodes is like, wow, I wish I was captained by that bloke. Everyone that's ever played cricket is I wish I was captained by Brendan McCallum. You guys <laughs> have got a unique relationship that you both like to um, hit big, you both like a beer, and you both like a punt. That's, that's, the, that's the three ingredients of the Bash Brothers. It is. That <laughs> is the ingredients of the Bash Brothers. And, it's, right, it's, and we're, we don't take it too seriously. You know, we might be under a pressure shit, shit situation. I'll be at mid off, he'll be at mid, mid on, the bowl's in between. He goes, What do you reckon? I thought, Shit, I don't know. And paper, scissors, rock. Yorker or slowable. Right. And that's basically how we work. And, and you know, we, we like bluffing. Uh, so we might have a slip in, we might have a short leg in and bowl a, a slowable outside off. I mean, those type of things are all part and parcel of, of having fun and taking the game on. And, and it, in 2020 cricket, it's a, it's a bit like poker. You've got to, you know, you've got to play your cards right and a bit of cat and mouse going on. And I think we just suit each other so well in that way. And basically when we're batting, we're just trying to, stay on strike you know, there's not too many singles uh, no. involved and um, yeah it's good viewing at the other end watching him smack them and um, it's it's nice to return serve at the other end and it's it's all about entertaining the big bash and, I, and as I said earlier we, we love doing it um, and we celebrate each other's and our own success which is probably the most important thing you talked about at the start that you hope you've got another sort of seven or eight years um, of, of cricket ahead um, when it's done, the last time you walk off from batting and people reflect and say, Chris Lynn was, what would you like them to say? Team man. I'd love to be just just known as a team man. Um, you know, because I think the, that's, why, that's why I play the game is obviously, that, yeah, to smack the ball around, but it's not all about you. Um, as, I, as I just mentioned, enjoy each other's success, your teammates' success, um, as you all know, I love having a beer, but it's not always for my sake. It's it's a young bloke that's debuted. It's he's taken five for it's a bloke scoring a hundred, and giving back, you know, to the team that way. Because when you look at a cricket season, you might only have ten ten good days out of the whole season. So yeah. what are you doing with the other, you know, seventy eighty days? Um, and you and you've just you got to be that team bloke. Otherwise, yeah, you. You fall out of favour very quickly, or um, you know, when things aren't going your way, you've got to try and find ways to, to grab <laughs> momentum back. And um, if you if you're selfish, tell you what, you you get found out very quickly. You can pick, and you've played against him with every international cricketer in the world now. You can pick one batsman, right? You, we're starting a new comp, and Chris Lynn's team is called the. What was your number, play? Bashir. Okay, so it's Bashir the Bashir Battlers <laughs> playing out of Toowoomba. Um, and you, you've got an open checkbook, you've sold the Lamborghini. Who's the one batsman you buy first? AB de Villiers. AB de Villiers. Yeah, hands down. You know, we've seen him around the world, any conditions, any scenario, any format. He's the best. And to back him up for the Battlers up there at Toowoomba Way, you need a bowler? 
So I need a fast bowler. Mitchell Stark. Mitchell Stark. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's a he swings the ball up front. He bowls with a serious pace, and he bowls some serious Yorkers. And you need a. Uh, this is, this is coming into my head now. In the IPL, a lot of uh, Bollywood people are involved. They own teams. If you've got a celebrity owner of the Battlers up there in Toowoomba, you got Mitch Stark signed yeah. up. You got AB <laughs> De Villiers. Who who are we ringing? Shah Rukh Khan. Shah Rukh Khan actually is my owner of Kolkata. Right. So he's he is paying the bills, and he's come from a, the beauty about him. Not like a lot of other owners in the IPL. He doesn't care if we win or lose. Obviously, we'd love to win, but he's come from such a humble beginning. Um, started out in a shanty shed, basically, and, and is now his net worth is seven, eight hundred million. He's a star. He's a movie star. He's a star. star. But for him to come in the change room after every game, give everyone a hug and a kiss, and just say, "Mate, next time," um, you know, the respect I got for that bloke is, is next level. And the way he, he, as I said, comes in the change room. Uh, just gives gives the team love. We might have got flogged, but gives the team love. You know, there's so many owners in those in those competitions that are treat, we're treated like a fantasy team at times. Um, but but he's he's a different gravy and um, different gravy. He's he's awesome. So I'd love to have him on board. All right, so he's up now. I'm warming to this theme now. <laughs> uh, now who's going to coach you? Who's going to coach me? Who's coaching the Battlers? Because well, you've been coached by yeah, so, all sorts. Um, so I'd like to say Ricky Ponning. Ricky Ponning. The, you know, what goes through his mind is five steps ahead of the next bloke. Yep. He can, a lot of coaches have their way or the highway. Ricky will adapt to your style, um, your mentality, and has a feel for, for you know, can just... He, as I said, he's five steps ahead. He can pick you before. He knows what you're thinking before you, you know yourself. Right. He knows what shot you're playing before which ball is bowled. And that's why he's been so good over the big bash, um, the inside. Um, oh, it's phenomenal. Unbelievable. But, you know, he knows which dog's going to win before it. <laughs> um, in the commentary box. In the commentary at box. At times, um, But, yeah, to have someone like him, um, you know, and on the big bash, that's probably only 10% of what he gives yeah. when he's in the change room or right. in the nets. Um, so Ricky Ponning is, is my dream coach. He's the coach. Um, a few years ago at the Melbourne Stars, they had Viv Richards, and I know he's played the role in the PSL as a bit of a mentor, a legend. You need a mentor, a legend of the game that when you were growing up was like, wow, who's the mentor of the Battlers now? Oh, the mentor. That's a good one. <laughs> the mentor. Do you go down the Darren Lehman path and bring a social side into it? Um, Big Viv is, as you mentioned, uh, very useful. Um... Yeah, uh, I would. Yeah, I'd probably have to say Boof. Boof, because he keeps the the vibe so upbeat, um, as well as his cricketing knowledge. You know, he's got every contact in the world in mm-hmm. Australia, or as I said, in the world. Um, so Boof would have to be there because, as I said, there's from our chat probably 20 minutes ago. There's more life than cricket. Yeah. So let's bring in the families, your wives, your partners. Let's let's make it a, a cricket family, not just not just your immediate family. It's um it's a big priority. So what he's taught me over the years is is basically what we've spoken about and, and has played a massive part. So he would be my mentor because he's he's a ripping bloke. Yeah. Um, off the field, but his you know his skill it was everything was so easy for him on the field. So sometimes. Um, mate, just just sweep this ball, just do that. Yeah, that was easy for you, Bulf. So you can go tell him to get air. But he'll he'll and you can have an argument with him. 
but after training, all right, man, let's go to a beer. Right. Not phased, and that's the beauty of it. Final one in the Battlers. What's the theme song? The theme song. We've got to win first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Uh, the theme song. What do you walk up to when you bat? I actually don't know. Right, I don't know either. Um, it, you don't really get a say these days. Right. But, um, I like a bit of Drake. Drake? Yeah. Of course you do. Yeah. Um, but it's not exactly a... You know, a pump-up song. No, might not be family-friendly, all but, right. But Daryl Braithwaite, the horses, you can't go past. <laughs> okay. if, it doesn't matter what mood you're in, uh, you're up and about. And it's, um, yeah, the, like the big man. Um, seeing my, my favourite 15 seconds of my life so far is oh, yes, be, being at the Cox Plate, watching Winks come down the straight. Um, and obviously moments before that, Daryl Braithwaite um, singing the horses. Will you be at the Cox Plate when Winks goes for... Another one? Hopefully, yeah, if the, if the schedule fits. Yeah, right. It's, uh, it's an unbelievable weekend, that one, and obviously love my horse racing, mm. love my animals, and um, as I said, love going fast, and putting a few dollars on a race definitely gets the heart going. Um, as I said, zero to 100. Um, that's me. Now, Linny, as you know, you listen to this show, <coughs> you get the question for the big, pick, uh, the big penguin or the pickle. <coughs> you actually get the penguin. Um, uh, I asked them both, and he's like, oh, Dad, he's the guy that wears the green and keeps hitting it over the fence. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I hope this has turned up. I mean, it's a bit quiet in the Qantas Club, but this is the question to you, Linny, from the Big Penguin. Hi, Linny, Big Penguin. Island scored 158 in the backyard playing with my dad. How, how big was your biggest score ever? Any game, any time. Great question. I reckon he's inflated the 158 attached to the penguin. <laughs> Were you bowling? Yeah, I was bowling. So right any up game, any time. Any game, any so time. So I did score 380. 380? Yeah, but it was on stick cricket. <laughs> so you did mention any game, any time. <laughs> so that's the old computer cricket. And what about actually physically okay, out the middle? Okay, physically. Um, 250. <laughs> right. Queensland versus Victoria. Victoria. Um, and they had a decent attack. They had James Pattinson, Peter Siddle, Farwood Ahmed. Uh, big Johnny Hastings, Dan Christian, and Glenn Maxwell. So that's that's um, how many balls? About four hundred, actually. Right. Um, so that's more than you bat a season sometimes. It, it does. Well, easily, easily. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was one of the games. Yeah, I had to really knuckle down. Um, but yeah, that was probably the. I've never been so sore after a game of cricket. I've never cramped up when I've been asleep. But the feet, the calves, the hamstrings, everything went. But um, yeah, highest score and. It's um, something I'm very proud of, that one, because I haven't played too many Shield games post that game. Linny, you know that I'm a massive fan. As I said, uh, I look forward to hopefully commentating many years of you to come because that means, A, you're still playing. It means I've still got a job, which is good for <laughs> both, Linny. Um, but, mate, I really appreciate the insight into what the life of a modern cricketer is. It's, it's a different one. Yeah, it is, and it's uh, no, very much appreciated coming on, on the Howie Games. It's something I've been looking forward to. Um, I haven't didn't prepare because I didn't know what you're going to ask. Actually. That makes two of us. But um, no, it's been a pleasure. And you look, as I said, I don't I don't take life too seriously. I love having fun. Love looking after my mates, my family. Um, and if I get to play for Australia for the next seven years, that's great. If not, um, I'm having a great journey along the way, and, and that's what's important to me. Good on you, Lenny. Well done. Thank you, mate.
Thanks to Chris for his absolute honesty. Yeah, the kid's a star, an absolute star. You can check out his website that we discussed on the show, www.playbook.coach. That's www.playbook.coach. It is a ripper for kids who are looking for a coach, a mentor, a few tips, or just a bit of inspiration. Until next time, take it easy. Peace and love. And we can do it if we try, try, try. If we try, try, try If we try, try, try Listener